Good morning, dear friends, and a warm and hearty welcome to our service here at Kirklesen Parish Church. It's wonderful to have you. I know many of you join in quite regularly, whether you are joining in regularly and whether occasionally or if indeed this is your very first time, we want to say you are welcome. You are always welcome. And my prayer is that we will engage in worshipping our Lord and Saviour this morning as we reflect on Christ's baptism, but also our own baptism. Now, I know it's been quite a hectic week with the new lockdown and restrictions in place. And I know many of you following the news in the US will be a bit anxious about what's going on over there, as it also affects and influences the rest of the world. But our faith stands firm in God's love that is never failing and never changing and always the same. He is our solid rock and our fortress and it's good to be with you worshipping this King of Kings and this Lord of Lords. Wherever you are, if you can, press pause and get yourself just a glass of water or a bowl of water as we will be using it for our service a bit later. I wonder, do you remember your baptism? Do you remember being brought in by your favorite aunt from the back of the church, wearing that gown that's been passed on through generation to generation with the eyes of the congregation fixated on you? Do you remember that bearded gentleman picking up a glass of water and uh, dipping his fingers into it and then sprinkling it onto your head. And do you remember the sense of, of anxiety you experienced? The screaming and the kicking and then finally <sighs> being taken back to where you were laying with your favorite blankie. Do you remember? Surely not. Most Christians don't even remember the date of their baptism. I'm one of them. I tried asking my mother earlier in the week, Mom, do you remember when I was baptized? And she said, well, I at least know your birthday is in April. And so you should have been baptized on the first weekend in June. Or is it July? I'm not quite sure. We'll have to go and look into your, your records. Is it really that important though? Recently leading pre-baptism classes, I've tried to explain to parents or a parent just how important this significant day really is. And I tried to encourage them to light the candle that we would give them on the day of their child's baptism, years thereafter, just to try and explain to them what baptism is all about and why it is so important. In fact, it was so important to the gospel writer of John that it became for him the starting point of Jesus' public ministry. Notice that in this account, in, in this story that we have of, uh, of Mark, we have no account of, of Jesus' birth or even his childhood. No shepherds or wise men or gold or frankincense or myrrh or angel or Mary or Joseph, 
shining star, or word becoming flesh. For Mark, there was no time to waste. He was in a rush. No time to record a lineage or a genealogy. Mark is in a flat spin. And he wants to get the message of the gospel, the good news, out to people. Pronto. The Greek word for immediate is used 41 times in the gospel of Mark. He had a real sense of urgency around him. And his entry point was Jesus' baptism. Why is this so vital? We know that for the Jews, baptism was a common thing. They had to purify and cleanse themselves with water in accordance with certain rites and rituals. If your offerings were to be acceptable, you had to be washed clean. And you often did that yourself, mostly. It was uncommon for someone else to do it on your behalf. And so our story is, is a bit peculiar in that sense. And someone else is doing the washing, the cleansing. And this man, as we all know, is quite the character. He reminds us a bit of Elijah. Living off the land in the barren desert, he eats honey and locusts and wears clothes made of camel's hair. People are, of course, intrigued by this bizarre man. And they travel many miles to witness these baptisms in the Jordan River. A place of great importance to the Israelites. This, of course, is the place where Joshua entered the promised land, leaving behind the old and embracing the new, the fulfillment of God's promise to the nation he sought out to enter into a covenant. So whenever ever people drank, water from the Jordan River or they use the water to irrigate their crops or wash themselves or clean their clothes they were reminded of God's faithfulness. Water is throughout the Bible a very important element. It always signifies life. We know this we need daily water something like 68% of our bodies consist out of water. I don't know where the planet would be without water. don't know if there would even be a planet left if we didn't have access to water. And so when a Jew saw water, when a Jew tasted water or felt water on their skins, it reminded them of their roots, fresh new roots. What was the first sign the first marvel of disaster inflicted on the Egyptians to force Pharaoh to let the Israelites depart from slavery. You guessed right. It was water not being turned into wine but being turned into blood. Compromised. Without water, there's no life. And then when the Israelites, the Hebrews, reached the Red Sea, the water parted. And then when they ran out of drinking water, in obedience, Moses used his staff to tap on a rock and there was a fresh spring of water. And as they finally, after 40 years, arrived at the promised land, they again had to cross water through the Jordan River to seal the deal. It's as if God is saying, 
when you're at your lowest, when you're really desperate and realize you can't do this on your own, when you've run out of options and really need someone to intervene, God displays His power and might. And so water is indeed a source of great importance and no one knew this better than John the Baptist. So we have a strange looking bearded hipster vegetarian preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and this is taking place at a place of great theological and historical importance for the Jewish people. And if that wasn't enough, the one John referred to arrives, Jesus. And so Jesus also enters the water to be baptized. So why would Jesus, sinless, unblemished, be baptized? It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? So, what is the reason for Jesus going through this? Was there any purpose and meaning to it? Well, I'll tell you, there are several good reasons, but we are going to focus but on three of them. It's about sacrifice, it's about sinners, and it's about synergy. Firstly, sacrifice. It was fitting for John the Baptist to baptize Jesus at the start of his public ministry because John was part of the tribe of Levi, a direct descendant of Aaron. And so these priests would often have to be the middleman between the nation and God. And they had to supply a sacrifice that was worthy enough. And so by John providing the ultimate sacrifice, he is saying that this will be the last and final sacrifice. A few verses later, John says the following, Luke pointing to Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So it's about affirming that Jesus was the one who would take upon himself all the transgressions and wrongdoings of the people. He would ultimately be the final sacrifice for people. So it's about sacrifice, but it's also about sinners. Jesus' baptism showed that he identified with sinners. His baptism symbolized the sinners' baptism into the righteousness of God. Dying with Him and then being raised from sin and able to walk in the newness of life. His perfect righteousness would fulfill all the requirements of the law for sinners who could never hope to do so on their own. And so He relates to sinners and He encourages people to be baptized because even Jesus was baptized. So, first and foremostly, it's about Jesus being the object. He is the ultimate sacrifice. It's about sinners. Jesus telling people that this is the real deal. In the same way that you are dying to your sin, being submerged under the water and coming back up, being renewed into a new life in Christ. And thirdly, it's about synergy. This is one of the few passages where we see God's salvation working through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God taking the initiative, 
is the one that speaks the Holy Spirit dawning, coming down onto Jesus and then obviously Jesus embodying the Trinity where he is. That's why we are baptized in the name of God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity working together for our salvation. And so Jesus' baptism becomes the highlight and the climax of his ministry. And in the same way God the Father spoke to Jesus saying, You are my beloved and I am well pleased and delighted with you. He says that to you through your baptism. You are my special child in whom I take great pleasure. Again, as we said last week, affirming you as a child of God, being adopted into his household. And like Holy Communion, we have the elements of bread and wine. For baptism, we have the element of water, refreshing and restoring and quenching our thirst, our desire for something new. And you know what? I'm convinced that Jesus, in his humanity, knew how frail and broken we would be. How often we would forget that we've already died to sin and that we've been made alive in Christ. And for this reason, he uses the symbol of water for his righteousness. Something we use daily. I'm sure you drink water every single day. I'm sure by now that you wash your hands at least 10 to 20 times, if not more, a day. You do your dishes with water. You wash your clothing with water. You use water to wash your windscreen. It's so common. It's so familiar to us. And it's there to remind us that yes, our baptism matters. It definitely matters. Even if you don't know the exact date of your baptism, you have been baptized. Fact of the matter is, this enables us to be part of God's household. And even if you haven't been baptized, you are aware of it. And I encourage you to pray about it and to talk to one of the elders or, or come and talk to me so that we can possibly have a bit of a blether as to where this might lead for you. Every time I see a baby being baptized, or I have the privilege of baptizing someone, for the first time or every time I see water I should be reminded of God's love for me that he is the one that takes the initiative that allows me to go through the river to be washed clean and cleansed to start anew and afresh at the beginning of the new year isn't that such a powerful message for us that you have been made righteous because of the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ. That it is the Trinity that works together to reconcile us as sinners to the Father. What an amazing story of grace and mercy. What an incredible God you and I serve. Amen. In this week, I want you to take a glass of water and put it somewhere in your house where you can see it often. And I want you to just once a day 
dip your fingers into the water and I want you to put a few drops on your forehead and to for a few seconds just remember that you are baptized with Christ, in Christ, for Christ and that you have been made clean, pure and righteous. Be bold, be courageous and do it as we celebrate God's love for us in this week to come. May you be blessed. Amen. Receive now the blessing of the Lord. Now go in peace. May this day and this year unfold as it should. May you find solace in scripture and spirit. And may you journey into this new year and be filled with hope and the promise of God as you are reminded not only of Jesus' baptism, but of your baptism and how you have been made clean to worship our Lord and Saviour. Amen.